Hello, everybody. Welcome to For Your Run, The Reset. My name is Sean, and today we have the whole gamut, the whole For Your Run pod team in the house today. Blair, the person that typically is accompanying me on these adventures. How are you today, Blair? I am great. How are you, Sean? Uh, quote unquote thriving, <laughs> quote unquote lying. Living my best life, <laughs> always. <laughs> living and the as dream, I living semi, As I semi lie through my teeth, Blair, yes. as we love to do, yes. I will introduce our wonder- wonderful, as I pronounce my R's, mm, pronounce your R's, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. everybody. Our wonderful <laughs> friend, Sabrina. How are you Hello. today? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. I'm excited to do another round of conversation about mental health and running. Yes. I've been so positively uplifted, I think, by mm-hmm. seeing people's responses to the first episode, yes. um, seeing it just kind of, uh, it, it's very fascinating to see something kind of organically gain a mm-hmm. little bit of traction too from other people listening to it and sharing their perspectives. So yeah, I'm very excited to be able to talk in this spectrum again today and have both of my pod friends along <laughs> the journey. <laughs> <laughs> the gang's all here. The family's yeah. all here. <laughs> well, I feel like there should yeah. be a song. <laughs> there, there we will work be. on that for the we'll next episode. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I would love that. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Sabrina, I will let you go ahead and tell all of our friends. And I joke because everyone's seen the title of the show. They've seen probably our social posts. But what is today's topic? And help us understand this stuff a little bit. For sure. I'd be happy to. So first of all, I just want to say thank you to everybody um, who has listened so far and just all the really great feedback that we've gotten from this. We've gotten some great ideas from some of you too, um, some topics and questions for further discussion later on. So please keep it coming anytime, you know, you have a moment of like, Hey, that would be a really interesting to talk about on the, on the pod. Let us know. Cause we definitely have taken some considerations to your suggestions already. You might hear some of those Today. So um, today, 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 <laughs> Sunday, sale. Sunday, 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 <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Good. I love it. All right. So today uh, we are going to be talking about two concepts that um, usually come up in the realm of social psychology. Um, and so social psychology really looks at obviously the continuing study of the mind and human behavior, but specifically in context to other people. So um, if you're familiar with sociology in any way, you know, that looks at relationships between people, groups, organizations, um, things based on race, gender, class. And so social psychology does a lot of those similar things. So one of the topics that I thought was really interesting and pertinent to a lot of what we all deal with, with running and just day to day, um, is something called confirmation bias. And I always like to talk to my students about this topic in the in the realm of politicians, because uh-huh. I think they're the best ones <laughs> at this. Um, so basically, confirmation bias is the idea that we look for information that confirms or agrees with our beliefs, and we tend to ignore information that disagrees or disputes our beliefs. Right. So again, I think the greatest example here being politicians, when we look at political polls or, um, you know, surveys about who's supporting who, oftentimes 
the people running politicians for whatever position are going to look at those polls that say they're winning. Right. And they're going to ignore those other ones. Um, We have a need, most of us as humans, to want to be right. And Mm -hmm. some of us, that need is stronger than others, Um, but it certainly exists to some degree. And so this type of phenomena that comes up from time to time when we're trying to defend ourselves or trying to argue a point, um, we're really going to look for that stuff that supports us because that's what we want. We want to be right. Absolutely. Um, so I'll stop there with the the topic. We can do the second one in a little bit, but if we want to talk a little bit about how you all interpreted that too. Yeah. Um, I think certainly the internet, uh, lends itself well to confirmation (laughs) bias. Um, And as the web continues to expand, um, and for lack of a better description, as we all find our um, positive confirmation bias playgrounds online, Mm. (laughs) um, we tend to call those home rather than decide to travel from playground to playground. Um, And it's easy in the moment to... um, think your playground's way cooler than other people's playgrounds. Um, And certainly in running, uh, I I think so much of that holds true. Um, I know you, we've spoken to this a couple of times now, Sabrina, you're in the midst of your run streak and I did a run streak. And the, the thing for me when I started it was, I have all of these cool people in the running community that I admire, look up to, appreciate, have positive relationships with that run streak. And I had this thing that run streaking was going to make me a better runner because I saw the proof in the pudding, if you will, of time on feet and logging miles. And this isn't, you know, I, our, experiences are relative. And for me, that was, oh, actually run streaking, I think isn't super great for me um, because it diminished training and made it just more about I should run today unless I should run with purpose today. It was, it became a checkbox rather than like uh, a thing I was excited about and a challenge I wanted to take on. I, it became like you get up and you brush your teeth, you, you know, it, it was just a purpose box. Um, So that was it for me. And the confirmation bias is what, you know, got me into wanting to do it and thinking that it was this big deal for me. And that's just one spectrum of it. I will kind of cap mine right there and I will hand confirmation bias (laughs) off to Blair. Um, I think it made me think about how we are set up for that topic only because like, you know, what you look at on social media, the algorithms are set up to show you like what you like seek out. So if I'm seeking out information or a community that I can relate to, it's only going to continue to show me more of that. Um, And so you have to really with purpose, seek out if you're interested to other topics, other conversation, other viewpoints, but it just kind of, I feel like we're kind of pre set up to see a confirmation bias in much of what we do for Mm -hmm. social media. That's such a fascinating analogy. Like I wouldn't have even thought about that, (laughs) but just the fact that Instagram and Facebook Mm -hmm. 
are using confirmation mm-hmm. bias to oh, make us yeah. look at things. Yeah. And so I think going back to um, your point, Sean, about the run streak, I think it's like you, you look at what people are doing, right? And let's say it's someone who's doing a 30 day core challenge, right? You're, you're looking at something that someone's doing and you're like, oh, I could do that too. And then mm-hmm. because of the algorithm that's been yeah. set up by Instagram, mm-hmm. you get to see you'll see more of that. And yeah. so it's like, oh, of course I have to do this now. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. Maybe, is, right. right. Yeah. When maybe that's not the best thing for you in that moment, but that's mm-hmm. really hard to step outside of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're just being inundated with it so much. Yeah. And, and to your point that that part of where we're all a little different, that um, inundation in that way can be a massive point of thriving for some and a massive yes. point of fear or mm-hmm. uh, as we're going to speak to a quite a bit today, the fake it till you make it of all yeah. of it today of, oh, I actually don't feel like I'm as equipped now that I'm being overwhelmed by information speaking to that thing. Um, I had like one hilarious little nugget of that was I think right at the beginning of COVID, everyone was doing the like do 20 push-ups a day or do yeah. 15 sit-ups a day or 50 squats. And um going into the pandemic, I had kind of been in an office setting all the time. And I would take rather than go out and take a walk, I would usually just like get on the floor in my office and do like 20 push-ups just to like kind of shake things out in my head. So I had done push-ups all the time. And someone did that challenge and I throw, I, you know, jumped down, knocked out 20 push-ups, and a friend of ours on IG messaged me immediately with like, Oh, look at you, Mr. Push-up. And I was like, oh. No, I, if you told me I had to do 50, I'd fall on my face. I, I, I just happened. This is a thing I do in my regular day-to-day setting. And it I think established a sense of like, I shouldn't do that because that person can do it and made it look easy and mine won't look easy. Um, Mm -hmm. So, right. And we have friends um, that certainly are in different situations that look to it and really feed from it, fuel it and and take off. So yeah, it it can be super great or super awful depending on where you're at and, and how you kind of handle those things. Yeah. And I, and I think what you just said right at the end there, depending on where you're at, I think Mm -hmm. that's the other big piece of this is that sometimes it can be helpful Mm -hmm. to constantly see the same stuff because that maybe is a motivator for you to get after it more, or you've been uh, needing some sort of inspiration and like, this is the thing that's going to get you out there. But on the other hand, if along your training or whatever it is that you're doing, you get injured, then maybe seeing that kind of stuff is actually mm-hmm. going to be detrimental to your mental mm-hmm. health and right. feeling like you're not doing something that you're supposed to be doing. And like, that's always yeah. the whole, I think, thing that goes along with this too, is like the, I should mm-hmm. versus, yeah. or the, I have to versus uh-huh. like, I get to, or I want mm-hmm. to. Yes. And again, depending on where you're at within your training, within your path, whatever you're doing it, that those things can be very hard to deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you actually kind of unlocked there something while you were talking through that Sabrina of because of how I, I had kind of put in my life for probably 15 years, I, and I'm working to try and undo some of those patterns of 
if it's something that I had to do and get through, then it, I just accepted it. I accepted it for whatever it was. And I think that is what to my end, not to other people's end, but that's what the run streak became to me. It just became, um, whenever bad stuff would come up in my life, my response to it would be, I don't, want to hold this thing and digest it. I need to compartmentalize, tuck it away, get it, get it down, um, mute it and move on because I need to be a a point of stability for other things. And I, Mm -hmm. I can't react. My job isn't to be reactive. My job is to be supportive. And, Mm -hmm. And that's how I muted 15, 20 years of stuff now to be in the state where I'm trying to unpack those things. And it's, fascinating how your brain locks different pieces of things over time and how even in the midst of trying to play whack-a-mole with all those things, your body um, just forgets about stuff. But with run streaking for me, it just became one of those things. I accepted it was a have to, not a get to, not a celebrate. And, And that's where toward the end of my run streak, I would see other run streakers who were going out and still making their run a part of training. And I had taken it and, and right again, it's all context. I'm not saying run streaking is bad. It's all relative for me. It had become, I have to check the box. I have to stay at a certain line and not be reactive, not be deterred, just accept that it's a thing I have to accomplish. And it's just on my checklist of sustainability. Um, whereas I saw other people still marathon training, still ultra training, still ascending the ladder and their training plan was still a training plan where I had completely stepped away much to the chagrin of, as I speak in front of my coach Blair, she would give me stuff to do. And I would be like, (laughs) I I get to that. Um, you know, like that's what it was for me. It was, I, I, it, it just became kind of part of the, um, sustainability layer and not part of the, I get to positive, put good things out there layer. Well, and I think th- those those things kind of connect. I'm going to bring in the the second topic here, yeah. and we certainly don't have to leave talking about confirmation bias. Yeah, but I yeah. think this, this is a good point to bring in the second to- topic, um, which is called fundamental attribution error. It's a little bit of a mouthful, so we can also just refer to it as FAE. Um, but the the way that I sort of explain this to my students is always in the context of what is the explanation for someone's behavior, whether you're talking about yourself or you're talking about other people. Mm -hmm. And so when we use that word attribution, we're basically using it as a synonym for explanation. So if we're, we're talking about other people's behavior, there's sort of two parts to this. If we're talking about other people's behavior and we say that, oh, we see others as being successful, we're going to say, oh, they just got lucky or it was due to fate in some way, right? Like it wasn't something personal that they did. They just happened to be there at the right place, the right time. They got lucky. But if we see other people as failing, we tend to want to make that personal about them so that their failure comes from something personal that they did or didn't do. Um, They are personally responsible. They're flawed in some way, or they're maybe a bad person. On the flip side, can also introduce this concept of self-serving bias. It's the opposite for us. When we're talking about our own successes, we're going to say that it's because 
we did great. We did something really well. We worked really hard. We put in the time, we put in the effort, we did a good job. But if we're seen as failing, if we look at ourselves and see a failure, then we're going to say that it's, oh, well, it's out of my control. It's something else that made that happen, right? I, I, I couldn't do anything about that. So I'm not a bad person. It was just a bad circumstance. And obviously all connected, it's because we want to see ourselves as good, just mm-hmm. like with confirmation bias, we want to see ourselves as right. <clears throat> so I think that, you know, this idea of that we keep coming back to with your run streak, it's like, you had, you felt like you had to do those things and you checked Mm -hmm. them off and you were a good person for it. Right. Right. It didn't, it didn't turn into this thing that you didn't do. And so now it was, you know, a mark against you. Um, but you just kept pushing with it. And so that made you good, even though maybe it wasn't necessarily good for you. Yeah. It it definitely got to the point where it felt kind of like a false front. Like, Mm. um, and this is, this is where, um, Fundamental attribution error. This is an interesting thing for me, Sabrina. I'll definitely, I'll, I'm interested to hear Blair's perspective on this too. Uh, Cause Blair and I often are like, hello, welcome. You're my twin and we're happy. Um, so that thing where Sean talked about taking all the bits and pieces of your life that happen and good or bad and compartmentalizing them away in order to be like the strong, stable human. That's where we are very connected and that mm-hmm. we do that a lot. So as not to yeah. like, I know for me specifically not to rock the boat, like we do not need to delve into my personal history, <laughs> <on this podcast. laughs> but multiple things happened, you know, in my youth and, you know, adolescence that it was just better to mm-hmm. make that a coping mechanism as it were. Hello. Um, and so <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Hey, 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 hi. <laughs> hi. So that I can relate. We, we definitely relate on that aspect of how we manage things. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is where, um, I'm going to ask you to play, uh, Jenga a little bit, Sabrina, <laughs> in the sense that, um, and this is where I'm, 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 in, I'm interested, like, like you just said, Blair, we don't need to dive full Mm-mm. blown into the weeds nah. here. Um, <laughs> but so this is where um, my quote unquote survivalistic technique has kind of flipped this notion on its head. I am so uh, interested in making sure other people succeed. Mm-hmm. But when they do, I think it's because they did, because they earned it, because they deserve it. And mm-hmm. if they fail, I think, oh my God. So a uh, point in Case in point, Chicago Marathon last October, tons of people are there running the marathon. They're all my run friends. I want nothing more than to see them succeed. So as the race is unfolding, they're 12 miles in, the sun, the humidity, whatever, hasn't come out to say hello. And their pace is great. And I'm thinking they trained hard. They deserve this. It's so great to see this happening. And then all at once, Autumn and I were tracking all these people. And it wasn't like at a certain place on the course. It was the next time the course updated, everyone's mm. pace went right into the can. Yep. And I thought that is not their fault. That is humidity or the sun or something happened. And that's unlucky for them. Mm. Um, and so then on the exact same spectrum, I don't, this is where Blair and I, hello, same language. 
if Blair and I have the running joke of if we compliment each other, it's basically <laughs> Russian roulette because neither of us want to accept. No, we're not. That, no, we're like, that no, we deserve you. it. We, we, we certainly, I, I, I will not speak for you, Blair. I often attribute <laughs> my successes to, whew, thank goodness, I, I certainly didn't deserve that. I am simply moving through life. And as a result, I'm lucky enough to be doing the things I'm doing. Um, but that is in the spectrum of that survivalist mechanism. I cannot attribute success onto myself because I don't want to give myself a minute to be content. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm kind of always at a nine waiting for something. <laughs> and that's how my body has to justify these things. It kind of has to be like, oh, we're going to float, but we're going to float really high. Like it's kind of at tsunami level, but we're just kind of there. Um, so I agree with everything you're saying and I see other people do it, Sabrina. Um, I, I was, whenever you presented this document to us and I read it over, I was like, Oh, this is, this is like meat and potatoes stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, so that is a, that is a me thing. Um, sure. And I think I, you know, this, this is obviously <laughs> my, my students are often mad when we talk about theories and things in psych <laughs> because they're like, but what is the right answer? Oh. I said, well, there's five different <laughs> theories that can explain this one thing because, because humans are varied and malleable yeah. and changing yeah. all the time. And so, yeah. yeah, of course there are certain theories that have held weight, you know, throughout yeah. the history of psychology more than others, but there are certain things that are just a theory. And so, you know, how you interpret that, that's a really interesting piece to look at with your own personal input and experience experiences. Um, And I think the other thing about the the fundamental attribution error is that oftentimes we might use it when looking at, uh, I guess, like bad situations. So Mm -hmm. for example, um, one common one here is the horrible um, abuses at the Abu Ghraib prison uh, many years ago. And you want, you know, you look at a soldier who's participating in that and your immediate reaction is for many people is like, wow, they must be so terrible that mm-hmm. they could do those things, right? Yeah. That that we, tr- we maybe mistakenly don't take into account the context, the time, the situation. It's not an excuse, simply an explanation. But yeah. I think when we're using this FAE, um, it's sort of in looking at when people are struggling, when people are presented in bad situations, it's like, we have to remember that the person themselves may not be as bad as we think they are, as evil as we think they are. Yeah. And I think when we look at, go back to this discussion of like the internet discussions and what we see on there, that's really hard to keep in mind Mm -hmm. when you see somebody post a stupid comment that, you know, is, just there to spark discussion. You're like, does that person really believe that? And that's, that's hard to, to come to terms with, I think. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had so many instances of like, especially through COVID, I think Blair and I have talked about this a couple of times of just like, um, the gift and the curse of like, I think the human mind, especially Mm -hmm. is like, it's adaptive. It's built Mm -hmm. to get us through conditions, right? Like, at some point in the history of people, we were cavemen and it, everything sucked, but they didn't know everything sucked only in context is, you know, everything sucked, but like, there's all of these situations where over time your brain can 
in very irrational ways at times find justification for even negative consequence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so, and, and, and right. Like I think a lot, we've probably all done it at some point. I, I made a joke, um, whenever I interviewed for the job that I have now, which was about 15 years ago, I interviewed for the job and I made this joke and it had a couple of people really go, wow, that's kind of interesting. I said, I can look around this table and I bet you that all of us have actually wished that someone would die at some point. And they went, what, what, what? And I said, have you been in a car on the interstate and there's been an accident and you say, I'll tell you this, when we get there, someone better be dead. Hmm. Right? Like I'm in traffic. I've been in traffic for an hour. My life is, this isn't fair for me. I have places to be. So when I get to the accident, the accident better be really bad, but we don't mean that right. We're it's that thing of sometime at some point, either your parent or your sibling or yourself has said the words of like, when I get to where that accident was, it better have been worth it. We probably don't mean that, but it's interesting. The things that we sometimes wish out into the ether. Um, And I had the guy that was interviewing me was like, it's really interesting, even when we're being sarcastic or obnoxious, what we say in, in front of people who are malleable, right? Because mm-hmm. he had children. I, I, I don't. But he was like, I am going to really be mindful of the next time I'm on a road trip and things don't go our way of just like, even that phrase can can land because, you know, it, mm-hmm. it can land in different ways. Well, and and. I think, I mean, that's such a good point because think of how, and this is not necessarily connected to either of these two particular topics, but it's just something that came to my mind. Cause right now in my psychology classes, we're talking about clinical psychology. So we're studying disorders, we're studying therapy and kids have so many wonderful questions um, and so many wonderful stories to share with the class about their own personal struggles. And I'm, it's just wonderful to me that they are able to do that. The conversation that often comes up is using certain words in our language to describe things with, with using disordered vocabulary. So how many times have you said that's crazy? Right. Or how many times have you maybe said, Oh, I'm so OCD about the Mm -hmm. way that I clean Mm -hmm. my house. And it's Generally speaking, I'm going to guess that it's not done with any sort of malintent, but the way that it's just become such a regular part of what we say, and this is to your point, Sean, I think it's it when we realize it, it's good for us to be more mindful of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and so, right. I I'm being the one that kind of put us off the running track. I'll try to put us back on the running (laughs) track. That's okay. Um, With. Uh, that can be applicable. Um, I think sometimes uh, Boston's coming up and people who have Boston qualified. Sometimes I will see friends of mine on IG who will say, man, wasn't feeling it today. Had such a rough day, really zoned in on the slow miles and they post their splits. And I'm like, 837, <laughs> 837 yes. is your slow. Okay. <laughs> And I take it with a grain of salt because again, I, I try to, I try very, very hard to remember its relativity. Um, but I know that hits people that really hits people with, I'm never going to be that person. And, Oh, if I could only run an eight, you know? Um, and so 
right? It, it's, I think this is where a lot of people get hung up on like, what's the right thing to, I, I don't think you have to like get super in on it, but just be mindful of, um, you know, like we talked to our good friend, friend, Andy Allen on one of the episodes mm-hmm. and he was like, your easy pace is my pace. And I said, yeah, but my pace is our friend Corey's easy, like easy pace, right? We're all chasing a rabbit. We're like, just because I can do something a little faster than you can, doesn't mean that I am not also sitting in your shoes going, but I'm not that guy. And, and to that point, I'm sure that maybe Corey looks and goes, well, I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is where this is, I think, very applicable in terms of how we measure ourselves. Yeah, I, I actually one of the comments I wrote down on our little notes sheet that we have together here is this idea of like, oh, I only did three miles today or like right. I only ran a half marathon. Right. Yeah, it was I'm very just guilty. a half. Yeah. 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 And I am too. In fact, very today I was supposed to, I had seven miles on the workout. Yeah. Wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Did four and a half. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to four and a half, but then I stopped myself and I said, yeah, you got to four and a half, like mm-hmm. good right. job you, <laughs> but you know, did I credit myself for that? Did I credit the conditions for that? Did I uh, not give myself enough credit for that? Mm-hmm. You know, those, those are the questions that I think, especially when we're struggling, we're toying with all the time. And um, it's the comparison game always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like sometimes goes back to that confirmation bias. Like it's all we're inundated with based off mm-hmm. like some of what social media shows us, you know, like yeah. if we're choosing to follow certain types of runners who offer certain types of information or um, some connected relatedness that we can kind of find, then that's kind of what you see again. So, you know, you log on for social media and you're like, oh man, like Sean was saying, like, I'm not that fast or I didn't go that far or, yeah. um, and it's really hard to kind of, I know I say it in my head. It's I do that. I only did this mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I only did this or I didn't do enough of this. Like yeah. there's definitely some of that that I I'm very guilty of. And yeah. I think to add to that, that can also help us sometimes mm-hmm. because oh. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of this. <laughs> well, I'm going to be training for the Chicago marathon later this, this year. And when I think that next Sunday I'm running the shamrock shuffle and I say mm-hmm. it's only eight K yeah. I mean that in a good way. <laughs> right. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that helps You're me like, to yeah. frame, <laughs> right. Like I don't have to start the marathon training yet, but I'm approaching a race, which is still mm-hmm. going to be a challenge for me. However, it's only eight K so mm-hmm. it's better than being 42 K. So, right. yep. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, I think it can also be a helppful thing too. in as much as it can be a detriment. I, I fully agree. Yeah. Blair and I have been having this conversation in the here and now. Um, I am, I think right now, so I had COVID in September. I pumped my brakes. I kind of have long hauler bits and pieces of COVID that have made getting back to consistent training difficult for me. So only in the last three or so weeks have I been willing to tell Blair yeah, put some stuff on my schedule because prior mm-hmm. to that, I didn't have the, I, 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 and don't, don't, I know Blair again, I know where we both live. <laughs> don't take this as negative kind of, I didn't want to disappoint the person making my schedule. I didn't oh God, want yes. to say I can't, I, yes. I'm not actually there yet. So Blair, and this is where Blair is fantastic as a human. She'll just hit me with a little reach out and go, do you want anything on your schedule this week? 
And I'll just be like, and that's no. exactly how I say it too. No, 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 I don't. Um, and it, it took really quite a long time to be comfortable. I, I had to cross a couple of bridges before I was willing to say, I can, I can probably try to hop back on the horse. Um, and well, and now Blair is in that same, you know, Avenue she's had, um, well, I, a series so of long I, I bridges, COVID a series of long bridges. Yep, I know there's yeah. a lot of things I had. Yeah. I had COVID in December. We lost a family member in the beginning of the year. Um, we found out we had to unexpectedly move um, amidst parenting two children, one mm-hmm. of whom has exceptionalities and learning disabilities. So it's just been a number yeah. of things yeah. <laughs> one after the other. So, um, but to speak to what you said there, Sabrina, like, this is some, my my message to Blair, and this is where Blair and I are great. I will not compartmentalize that and apply it to myself. I can tell Blair all day. Um, but it's because it's that thing where I've kind of um, polar opposite on, on the fundamental attribution error thing. Mm-hmm. I, I can look at myself and go, I got to get lucky in a whole bunch of ways to get, to get back to a place where I can run well. But I can look at Blair and Blair in inside of my body is my heart and my mind believe that you have the potential to do incredible things. Even when you don't, Mm -hmm. I might not give myself that, but Mm -hmm. I also know that the human body is remarkably adaptive, even when we feel like it's not going to be. Um, And this is like, you know, we're in a phase of life where you're trying to get some fitness back where I yes. am only a few weeks in front of you, really. <laughs> yep. Yep. That sure thing of, like I am certainly struggling to believe mm-hmm. that I can reascend certain mountains, but mm-hmm. I can tell Blair all day because yeah. I believe it. I genuinely believe it. I don't say it for fabrication. I, I just believe, you know, much like I believe that autumn can do all these amazing things. I believe mm-hmm. that Blair can do them. I believe you, Sabrina, can, uh, the people that I care about, I just have never ending optimism in because I think they're exceptional people. But mm-hmm. so that's been my message to Blair is like, but you can do this because I know you can. I, there's not a doubt. Now, now the doubt's going to creep into my body that I can just like it creep into <laughs> And then Blair. that's when I say, Sean, you can do this. You've done <laughs> yes, it before. Let me show yes, you how. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. but, you know, I mean, well, to your point, Sabrina, right? Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I think I'm putting myself into your little club because come my on coach, in, come on. It, thank you. Thank you for the welcome. You're always welcome here. <laughs> my, my coach is very similar, I think in many ways to you, Blair, and in, in how she treats my questions, mm-hmm. my concerns. And I'm very similar to you, Sean, in that, you know, she, she puts a, she puts a workout on the schedule. And she's like, oh, I know you can do this. I'm like, oh, heck no. (laughs) And then I go out and most of the time, I don't know, maybe more than 75% of the time I hit it, which is great. But if I see, you know, like her great run that she did on Strava or whatever, I'm like, well, of course you could do that. So I think there is something to the to the flip side of the fundamental attribution error, but also again, that confirmation bias where if you're in the mode of crushing stuff, it's going to be easier to see yourself as being mm-hmm. able to continue yes. crushing it. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. if you're not in that mode, then mm-hmm. it might be harder. And of course, overcoming all of this is not easy, no. right? But if yeah. we have the space to reflect on these actual things that are human 
errors and also human successes, I guess. I don't know right. how to really phrase it because they can be yeah. good or bad. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we are able to just pause and take a moment on that, that I think helps us be a little bit more reasonable, whether it's a good time or a bad time in that moment for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, and so this is the thing where I can say like my quote unquote, I'm lucky, blah, blah, blah. I've, I've only run and if people mm-hmm. can, I've only run a marathon. Right. And I can say that to myself and other people go, yeah, but you did one. And okay. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, the point in my marathon training where I, I think I arrived to the point where I felt like I could do it was the point where I accepted that failure wasn't um, an inevitability, but a likelihood. The moment that I accepted that I would not just fail, but fail a lot was when the runs got better, the training got better, the belief got better because I was telling Blair just uh, earlier today, like the first five weeks of marathon training traditionally or base building. And then six or seven is when they turn a switch and they go, hello, welcome to tempo runs and speed runs and long runs. And now you will die. Um, and my first block, my first week of that was a, a speed work. I ran that my body was still fresh, right? I'd been doing base training. Oh, everything was so lovely. I'm base training. <laughs> and I did my first speed work, finished it, knocked it out of the park and was like, man, I am going to run over this training block. This is going to be great. The next morning I woke up and thought, wow, I'm 87 and I can't move. <laughs> um, and then the next day after that was my first tempo workout and I exploded into a blaze of glory and then thought, okay, I can't run three miles at tempo pace yet. So where do, where am I at on the mountain? I'm, I don't Mm -hmm. even think I'm, I think I'm still on the bus to the mountain, Um, (laughs) but this is where I can look at Blair or you and say, I, but I believe, I believe through my own process and through others processes because Week six, I can't run three miles at tempo pace, but then week 15, I'm running 12, 13, 14 miles at tempo pace. I, and, but that only came because I said, you know what? I need to quit having sleepless nights. I need to, I, I was putting everything, everything on my training block on an impossible pedestal of, I have to hit that or I'm not succeeding. If I, if I don't hit my 10 mile long run on Saturday, what am I even doing here? And, and that, mm. that, oh, that, a lot that of resonates pressure, with me. Right. Yeah. Um, but the second that I've, I've spoken to this and if you guys have listened to this out there, I'm not trying to beat the dead horse here, but that time that I did it, my first really long run ever, and it was 22 miles and I was at 14 and I was dead. But instead of being like, I'm going to call my mom, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to have her pick me up. I said, you know what? gonna do what I can do. I texted Autumn and said, I will not be back when you think I'll be back. <laughs> it will be longer. Um, and I just kind of had, this is where we are. This is me failing gloriously. And, but if I can finish this, I'm going to be better for it. And I literally remember walking to my mom and Autumn. And in my head, I was like, 
I could run Chicago tomorrow, having failed that 22 mile run miserably because I let myself do that. And, and that was a turning point for me. Mm. And that's why I believe in the here and now that, you know, Blair can get back to where you were. And that's why I believe that I'm here. Right. You said, welcome to the club. Like, yeah, we all, <laughs> we all live in that. Um, but you know, like, I think that that's at least for me where the power lives to be like, I'm really going to try to come into the next time I train with the mentality of, I actually really need to have bad days and I need to accept them and make them building points, not make them um, where I trip and fall. I need to accept that there's going to be some padding in front of me and that the falling part is good. And, mm -hmm. and that's how I'm trying in the here and now I'm, I'm actually every now and then I'll just be out driving and I'll just be doing the, the little bit of mental work of the next time I want to do that. I have to accept that I likely will have almost as many failures as I have successes, but that is the part of the journey. And those are the parts that'll make all of this better. Mm -hmm. I think that's and, what's really important with these conversations that we have is like you said, that it's all mental work. Like it's mm -hmm. all good yeah. things to be aware of and to know how it relates to personal life versus, you know, running, but it's all like interconnected and that it's, it's about making sure you have the time to be aware of what your mindset is and how you can kind of change it, adapt to it, use it for good or bad, you know? Yeah. And, and that's where I think the positive side of, mm -hmm. um, social media and those algorithms might come in yes. is right. that you might need those people mm -hmm. to continue telling you good job. Like I, have yet to meet either of you in person in real life, but I feel like I've known you both forever. And mm -hmm. part yeah. of that is just that connection that we've established through the Instagram world. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there, there is, there are a lot of downsides to the social media aspect, but, you know, we talk about this all the time on, you know, our reset podcast and definitely on the regular podcast too, just the running community and mm -hmm. yeah. knowing how many of us are going through the exact same things when we are in these slumps or when we aren't feeling lucky or if we're not feeling great, yeah. knowing that there's people out there who, again, you may never have set eyes on in person, but they yeah. still are there for you. And they're still mm -hmm. supporting you because they know what you're doing. They know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. that's such an invaluable piece of all of this, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, Blair, I, I, in the here and now, <laughs> be mindful of the fact that in a roundabout way, you've just done a whole different version of life marathon training, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you basically just went through a four month block <laughs> of, uh, of training. Well, then I think um, I'd rather yeah. pick marathon training. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Is that an um, option? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That maybe seems more manageable. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I, I do want to piggyback a little bit on what you you just said there too, Sabrina, of, of you know how the social media world is impactful. But mm. and I think too, I want people to be aware. I, I'm not saying that they're not all the time, but there's been a couple instances where people have had really great training blocks, and they're so uh, positive that they're about to get a personal best at something, and when they don't. <laughs> It doesn't just feel like they let themselves down. It feels like they let the narrative that they mm -hmm. presented to everyone else down. And that's almost heavier than 
what they're carrying themselves. Oh, yes. And, yeah. and I, every time I see anyone in that circumstance, all I can think of is no one here is disappointed. Mm. You gave it your best shot. And I think it's one of the hardest pills to swallow. And I think plenty of elites, because elites are the people constantly at a wall. You know what I mean? Sarah Hall gets the women's American record for the half and then goes into Tokyo thinking I'm about to, my goal is women's American record full. And it just quite wasn't her day, not through any fault of the training, through the fault of the day, your, your body just is different some days and there's nothing you can do about that. And so that's where if I could give anyone anything from myself to them, it's like, it's that, like you can have the best training block ever, but that doesn't guarantee that the day of the day is going to give you what you want. And, mm-hmm. and that's a hard pill to swallow, but don't accept that as, oh my God, my, my IG following is going to be so let down <laughs> that I didn't. Um, I well, think that's that where, it's, we all accept where- it. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Um, you know, I went into my training for the Shamrock Shuffle next weekend, hoping that I was going to PR this one. Um, you know, we haven't had an in-person one for a couple of years now. And so I did a virtual PR for it um, last year. And I was thinking, okay, now that we're going to be back in person, let me try to top that. And if I can't top that, then let me at least get the in-person PR. Right. Um, but life. I mean, life. it's been extremely busy lately, both at school, um, with the Skokie Swifters run walk club that we have and just family stuff too. And so you have to make adjustments and yeah. I swallowed the pill of this is probably not going to p- be a PR race. And in the meantime, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll go out and pace one of our other Swifters that is going for their PR that mm-hmm. I know I can help. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens on the day, but you're right. You can yeah. make all the adjustments, all the plans in the world. And that race morning comes and it's like, no, not today, right. <laughs> but it's nothing you did. It's yeah. nothing you did. Yeah. I, I, I know we're kind of cresting up on where we normally want to wrap this up. So I'll kind of put my cap on it with this and you guys can add whatever you want. Um, for sure. I, I am definitely in a a season of change mentally when it comes to how I train. And that is um, a result of Autumn helping me with things, Blair helping me with things, Sabrina, to some extent, the conversations we had have helped me with these things too, of which is as long as, and this is, so I want to speak to this briefly. We, I just did this. Nobody cares. Work harder line, right. For Todd. All hail Lord Todd, um, <laughs> our, 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 our North star of nobody cares. We're part of We love you, Todd. We love you, Todd. Um, <laughs> and for me, nobody cares. Work harder is not go all the way 150% every day till you have nothing left. Nobody cares. Work harder for me, for me, all relative is I need to do what I know is best for me. And that work isn't just in reps or miles or pace. It is in what can I carry today mentally? What am I up for in my training? How does my body feel? And am I being respectful of the things that normally fail me? 
I know that my feet like to get blisters. I know that one of my knees isn't great. I know that my right calf likes to be stubborn. I know that my legs are ostrich legs and it's just kind of hard to keep up with them. So I'm in a season where I am being a lot more gracious to say, I can do the calf exercises. I can put my legs in my air pants a little more often. I can massage gun. I should stretch. I should warm up. I should really, really make the most of my rest days by doing as little as possible because I'm supposed to do nothing. Um, And if I do all of those things, then the version of myself that will show up on race day is the best version of myself, regardless of outcome. That's where I'm at right now. And I think that it's for me is a substantially healthy place to be. I'm not going to ask myself to burn the barn down. Um, That's what a nobody cares where Carter is for me. And I know that that's different, but I think that that thing's open to interpretation. So that's where I'm going to leave it. And I will let you guys speak to whatever you want to speak to. Um, uh, yeah, I know. I'm like, who wants to go next? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm in, uh, I'm probably similar in, in where you are with your mental state and training. So I, um, am going to have to not going to have to, I'm going, I'm choosing to start over. <laughs> Yes. I'm choosing to start over. Um, I think that is going to be really hard. Um, I'm older. (laughs) Uh, Things are a little bit more challenging. My children are older. Um, And so I, too, will have to be super cognizant of like honoring my body in this Mm -hmm. time back. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also choosing to surround myself with whatever content, mindset, affirmations, Um, the topics that we've kind of discussed today, like choosing to kind of be aware of those. And then how can I utilize those in a positive way to continue with something consistent over time? But um, I'm definitely going to be feeling the same way, Sean, about like just trying to find, you know, the joy in movement, the gratitude in movement. We've been through a couple of things in the last couple of months. So um I I'm excited to get started, but also know that it's going to be super painful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. Just everything is different. Um, I may have put on a couple pounds here and there. So the workouts that I've done, I feel different. Everything feels odd. Um, So just the adjustment for that. And then the grace and patience. I'm not a patient person. So I think that's going to be like my hardest (laughs) challenge is um, being patient with the process. So, yeah. And as for me, I think one of the big things that came up for me last week was the realization that it's possible that in one year's time, I could finally be a six-star finisher. Mm -hmm. And I have been working really hard at the mental game of this, of not getting too excited about it, just given the way that things have not played out well, um, over the last few years, of course, but on the other hand, it, it's still giving me that little beacon of hope. Um, but, but, but it is, it is difficult to not get too wrapped up in it because I have so much ahead of me before then the Chicago Mm -hmm. marathon, I've got two half marathons this, this spring. 
a um, couple of other little races here and there, and who knows what else will come up in the meantime. But I think that alone is sort of like, if I can get there, then yeah. I, then I will know that running has been a success. Mm-hmm. And I'm also trying to work on the other ending of that, that if I don't get there, running has still been a success and I can still keep doing that stuff. So I'm trying to control my confirmation bias and not just look at all of the positive things or all of the negative things Mm -hmm. and remember that it's up and down all the time. And I don't think that's pessimistic. I think that's just realistic. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I think it allows you to not, at least it allows me to not get too wrapped up in one thing or the other. So It's a process, but remember, if you run, you're a runner. That's what we like to say here. That's right. right. You belong. That's what I'm going to tell myself when I go outside to run three miles. (laughs) Yes. I'm still a runner. This hurts so bad. Mm -hmm. 100%. You got it. Well, um, as with the last episode we've done of this, Sabrina, this has been fantastic. I appreciate you taking the time to put wonderful, amazing mm-hmm. thoughts together that uh, Blair and I are more than happy to <laughs> join you in discussing and providing. Um, I feel like we need um, a false relationship name at this point, Blair, since we're like the same person. Um, <laughs> but um, Can we not be the yin-yang twins or something? <laughs> like, is that not... What were yeah. those guys? They were the twins. What were they called? They were musicians. Uh, the Woot. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I, it'll I don't come have back it. to us I later. Don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> Is it not? I'm going to have to Google yeah, it. But no. But... Um, I, I do. Sabrina, like, I, I wasn't part of the first time that you did the reset and I listened, but it was, I think these are just really great um, topics for everyone to have mm-hmm. um, an awareness of, a discussion of, like, to hear about. Um, this is just such important work for us all to do as, as adults, as runners, as a community, um, as things change around us. I just feel like this is a great, again, reset, like a really good reset, especially like, um, as things come in the week ahead, like, I think it's really great. So I'm really grateful for you taking the time to do this and, and share with us your knowledge. You're so knowledgeable. Thank you. And and I just appreciate you guys giving us the space to explore these topics. And to both of your points, um, it's it's becoming even now, like mental health is becoming more and more widespread, Mm -hmm. accepted to talk about and discuss. But there is still, I think, is a lot of stigma associated with it. And that's something that um, I do feel strongly that my generation of students that is coming through right now is even better at than we are. So I think it's a good place for mental health to be right now and certainly keeping the conversations going with us connecting it to running on a very personal level is very important too. And we can take those lessons and also apply them to things outside of running too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank totally you both. Great. And I can't wait for the next one. Me too. Until the be next great. one. So as Sabrina has said, everybody, um, to put our little cap on this, you have other thoughts, things you'd like us to discuss, things that are accompanied to things we've already talked about. Um, please let us know whether it's through for your run or through chatting with me or Blair or Sabrina um, we are genuinely very interested to um, hear from you all so thank you both so very much Um, these discussions are always fantastic and I can't wait until we do this again 
Till next time. Thanks for listening to For Your Run, a podcast brought to you by For The Run. Special thanks goes out to all of our supporters on Patreon, whose contributions and support help us put this all together and get it out into your ears. If you're interested in becoming a member of the For Your Run pod family, you can learn more at patreon.com slash run. We hope this has been a pleasant break in your day, and we look forward to you bringing us along for your next run or whatever it is you have going on in your life. Till next time, run with heart, and we'll talk to you soon.